BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined on this Monday afternoon by Patrick Corain. The NFL draft is done. I've already drafted three Best Ball Mania, three Best Ball teams. Uh, it's it's time. Tis the season. Rookie drafts are coming up. Uh, I, I'm in one league with a group of absolutely disgusting degenerates. We are already in the middle of the second round here on, on Monday afternoon. I'm, I'm just... Having a nice leisurely Sunday and JJ Zacharyson messages me that me and Dink Meyer need to make our cuts and set our keepers because the rest of the league wants <laughs> to get slackers. the rookies. Yeah, he's like, the rest of the league wants to start. I do it. Uh, we we selected Sky Moore with the eighth selection Ooh. of the first round. Um, so we're here. It's time. The draft happens. There's no more conjecture. We know the, the teams these guys are on. Justin Ross has signed with the Chiefs. Uh, so, you know, throwing his hat in the ring for being the one oh one in these rookie drafts. In your super flex drafts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in super flex uh, startups? <laughs> my, my immediate thought is everyone is, has lost their minds taking Brees Hall 101. And, and I've seen no one else agree with this take. Everyone, every, every set of rankings I've seen has had Brees Hall as the 101. It, it does become sort of a collective uh, delusion that you almost can't fight against though where like i ultimately probably will have Brees hall at 101 but partly because i know the market value is there for him like if if everyone else thinks that Brees hall is too big to fail then you know you're going to be able to get kind of a free look at him but i really want to have Traylon burks 101 and i and i ultimately yeah might. so I've, don't be I've a been, coward because Traylon burks yeah. is my 101 and every response by rankings was Brees hall is too low Traylon burks is too high and you know what i don't care Traylon burks went to a great situation he has really if Traylon burks is as good as you and i think he is he has no competition for targets right right because robert woods is coming off the acl and then it is a bunch of just a guy this team doesn't throw to their running backs it just it it is it was the best situation that a rookie wide receiver got drafted into, other than Sky Moore, who was not a first round pick. Uh, I mean, the team literally traded away AJ Brown and is like, all right, Traylon Burks, you have to be that guy. For, because if Traylon Burks is just okay, the Titans cannot be a serious playoff team. Traylon Burks has to be very good for them to be a serious playoff team. And I know, like you know everyone's been picking apart the ways in which he had a 36% yardage share over the course of his three-year career, but uh, he did everything efficiently, did everything efficiently. So there's, I think an extremely high ceiling for him. Uh, like they're asking him to be the engine of an offense and he just was the engine of an sec offense. And it went literally, great. literally was an engine, literally was the yeah. engine of an offense where his teammates were not very good. His team 
was not very good. Uh, let, let's just let's just uh, do a little bit. Let's go to uh, Traylon Burks' game logs and see what he did against some of the, the really good SEC teams. Uh, Texas A&M, who beat Alabama, six for 167 and a touchdown, nine for 109 and two against Auburn, uh, eight for 179 and two against Alabama. Is that good? My God. Is doing that against that's, Alabama that's good? Pretty, seems good. I, seems need, good, I need someone. I but need were, someone were there any screens? Tape. Did he catch any screens? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have a game. He, he apparently, apparently, how is this possible that they didn't play Georgia? Hmm. But, but as a, as a 19 year old, his first game as a sophomore against Georgia, seven for one Oh two and one against Georgia as a 19 year old, his sophomore year. I'm not worried about trail on Burks. I don't, I don't think this uh, tale of the tape of him being a screen merchant. I just, I don't buy it. And maybe it'll be I don't true. Buy it either. And maybe, and maybe this will be LaVisca part two and I'll just have to eat it and wear the, the, you know, the red a or the red B as it were in this situation, but I don't care. Traylon Burks is the one-on-one. He, he just is. All right, I'm with you. I'm putting him at the one-on-one. Let's I, go. And it's not even – I'm not even trying to be short on Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is in a situation that could end up being really good for him. If – if so if Zach Wilson gets a little bit better, if Garrett Wilson is good, if Elijah Moore continues to approve, if uh, this tight end room that they have put together, right? So they have uh, Uzuma instead of Croft. He seems to be a little bit more athletic. Like they, they have Corey Davis. He's a good outside wide receiver maybe michael rucker can also play i think like sure. he won't be much of a fantasy guy but you know he'll be the, a solid part of the offense this is this is where i maybe don't see it as much with Brees hall which is that michael carter gets drafted in the fourth round people get very excited about him he was pretty good when he played um but really he, what was, you he was good he yeah. was better than i thought he would be what you are relying on is him holding the the cash value of the 101 if he does something like what Michael Carter did as a rookie 147 rushing attempts in 14 games 639 rushing yards four touchdowns really good 55 targets 325 yards that's really good uh if if Brees Hall runs for 800 yards catches 40 passes scores seven times what does that do to his dynasty value right and I think you know uh connor hughes had a report this morning uh i tweeted i blurbed it um where he talked about how michael fleur like basically it's not just him either not um not just connor apparently like among jets beat writers it's just sort of like common knowledge that the jets have a philosophical commitment to running back by committee that's that's the you know his belief uh hughes's belief i mean look where look where michael fleur cut his teeth Right. He was the off. He was the fucking offensive coordinator and the wide receivers coach for Kyle Shanahan. He he yeah. he, he followed Kyle Shanahan from the Falcons to the 49ers and then followed Salah to the Jets. It's like. Also, is the name Lafleur familiar? Yeah. Because uh, in Green <laughs> yeah. Bay, they also have a committee. You guys, you guys, you guys remember? And it's like it's like I think Brees Hall can still maybe be worth the 101 in a committee if he is getting all the high value touches. But Michael Carter was really good at the high value touches. Like Michael Carter was playing on passing downs and was good at that. So it's like Brees Hall. I've been trying to workshop this take in the language the right way. It's like Brees Hall might be the 101 because his average outcome is pretty good. 
But like if I were to offer you, you can have the ceiling season for Burks, London, or Wilson, or you can have Brees Hall with his entire range, you would take the ceiling outcomes of those wide receivers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I don't think, I don't, and and maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Traylon Burks sucks, I'm a Drake London guy, or Drake London and Traylon Burks are too big. Garrett Wilson is like the perfect size for a wide receiver now, so I'm taking Garrett Wilson. I don't have an argument with any of that. It's just that I think the ceiling outcomes for these wide receivers are better. Although, you know, and then the pushback on that is like, Brees is like, you can't ask for anything more for a running back prospect. He catches passes. He's athletic. Brees is not an elite, elite running back prospect. He's He's not not a generational running back prospect. He's a good, he's a very good running back prospect. But I do think there's like, there's a difference between Brees Hall as a running back prospect and Jonathan Taylor and, or Saquon Barkley or even Christian McCaffrey, like those guys, the receiving profile was even Jonathan Taylor's receiving Jonathan Taylor from a yards per route run perspective was a better receiving prospect than Brees Hall. He's 1.66 yards per route run, the same as Saquon Barkley. There was sort of this undercover receiving efficiency with Taylor, which we've seen manifest as, you know, with him as a pro where, yeah, he's not going to get like a ton of dump off passes, but when they use him on screens, it's electric. You know, it's the type of guy like he's going to be able to earn receptions just because of how talented he is overall. Brees Hall was good as a receiver, but he wasn't that efficient. He's more like Zeke coming in or more like uh, Cam Akers, where it's like it it could probably be totally fine, but he doesn't profile as a guy who's going to be like a receiving star and, you know, and, and won't like carve out a role if he has to deal with a guy like Michael Carter. So, I mean, I, I would push back on the idea of like Brees Hall's this, you know, kind of can't miss running back prospect. He was like a very strong bet, but I don't know. This this Jet situation sucks. I'm not I'm not telling anyone not to take him 101, but I'm not taking him 101. In well, what are you doing at 102? London. I, I have a hard. You're doing London. Okay, I, I would go because London. Way. London, I think, is like a, like a money market savings account. It's like this dude is this dude is <laughs> as long as he doesn't get hurt, he's gonna catch like what is the if he stays healthy for 17 games, what is the worst season he can have? You know what I'm. That's kind of yeah. like he's just gonna he's gonna be an accumulator as a rookie, and maybe it doesn't work out long term. Like maybe it's one of those things where like he has a really good maybe first and second year, and then is a more complimentary player in the NFL over the long term if he doesn't. Because we don't really know what Drake – what it's, he played eight games his final season, right? It's like he hasn't even played that many college – maybe he's not explosive enough after the catch. Maybe um, maybe like a little Devontae Parker-esque where when he has like no competition, yeah, yeah. he can really accumulate. But when he plays with real difference makers, he just is – he's like used in a different way. But – there are none of those difference makers on this Atlanta Falcons team. And he is going to get the ball a ton. And I think he's going to be the type of guy who's like startup value. Like, and it like just goes up by like, I don't know, a round or two basically. Yeah. I've heard him comp to um, the chargers, Mike Williams, which I think is kind of interesting. What about, what about Galladay, right? Galladay completely useless yeah. when he has any target competition, but really good when it's him and a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, I mean, it, I also wonder maybe if like Corey Davis is a is a decent oh. comp, <laughs> which we're, we're, I, I bring up because he'll be playing with Mariota, you know. We are we are really damning him with faint praise. I think he's probably better than that. 
I mean, he was the eighth overall pick. He was the first wide receiver off the board in a class with well, some really Corey good Davis wide was receivers. What, the, the fourth fifth pick. overall pick? Fifth, yeah, fourth? Yeah. Fifth. 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 You're right. Okay. Um, and I, I, I am like, I would be fine to have London on my teams, but I think that's the point. Like, there, there is one league specifically where I have the 102 where I'm trying to trade up for the 101. It's this FFPC Super Boomer League where Leone and I have no running backs. And at, like we wouldn't start Drake London. Like Drake London is not cracking our starting lineup. So we want to trade up to the 101 to take Brees. But other than that. I have the 101 in an FFPC league and uh, just a total hole at running back. I think I have Ramondre yeah. um, and CEH. So, uh, but the team is like really quite good. Otherwise, I think I'm just going to take Brees. CEH, by the way, low key, low key winner of the NFL draft. Like the Chiefs not taking yeah. like Damian Strong or Damian Pierce with the fourth round pick or whatever. Low key, pretty good for him. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's in it. Yeah. yeah. So, right, I have, so I have taking... Brees. I have Brees three. I have Brees. Okay. I have, Okay. I Brees three. My my first round is Burks, London, Brees, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Kenny Pickett. I'm probably gonna switch these two, but I have Alave, then more. I'll I'll probably switch that. I just need like one like I have pat- more over Alave. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I'll I think I'll probably switch don't that. Be a and coward, then, Davis. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> be a coward. And then the rest of my first round is Kenneth Walker who I'm way below market on. Wow. You're way below market. I thought uh, I was way below market. I have him fifth. We can get into that in a second. And then Pickens, Dotson, Watson round out my first round. So So, interesting. Walker is in, I can't like people are treating this like a good landing spot. I can't really imagine a worse landing spot. The team stinks. Rashad Penny is better than him. Right. Like, I mean, we just saw, we just saw Rashad Penning basically be what we see the number one fantasy score the last six weeks of the season. Was anyone so, else? Yeah. Um, now maybe, maybe Rashad Penny, you know, stubs his toe the second week of training camp and we never see him again. That uh, wouldn't be shocking. But also Chris Carson is still on the roster and maybe he won't be able to play, but if Chris Carson, like, cause he's got a, a neck spine, like it's a neck thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I think so. But if Chris I don't Carson think he's playing again, I think he's done. Okay. All right. Well then we can take that off the table, but basically Kenneth Walker's best case scenario as a rookie to me is a timeshare with a guy who I think is pretty good. Now, if Rashad Penny gets hurt, whatever, but he's like a timeshare running back on a bad team who we don't think who we actually, I don't even think we think this. I think we know he's not going to be the passing down back, right? Yeah, he won't be. I mean, that's partly why it's such a bad situation for Kenneth Walker because like if he went, I think if he had gone to like Tampa Bay, let's say. Oh, if he went where Rashad White went to the Bucks, yeah, smash, total smash. smash. Because I, I, I would maybe think about ranking him at a Brees if he if he was a second yeah. round pick to the Buccaneers. Yeah, because like, right. The the thing with Walker is that you need you need him to be in a situation like the Bucks where Brady throws to his backs all the time. Doesn't matter the down. All so the it's time. like. Kenneth Walker can be the early down guy there, but, but he's still, still going to get targets. Yeah. Right. And then they get to, they, they basically get like to look and evaluate what he could be in a passing down role without having ever to like put him in that passing down role. So I think in Seattle, they don't throw to their running backs. Like I think they're 30. Danny Kelly had a tweet. I think they're 30th in terms of the target share to running backs. Um, 
And so, okay, so they're not throwing to the running backs on early downs. They're barely throwing to him overall. They're not putting him in on third down. They just aren't. And Rashad Penny's, one, solid at that, and also, like you just said, really talented overall. Also, bet on the team for five years. Like, does any guy know what the Seattle wants out of their running back in the passing game more? Like, they're not going to be worried about him in, like, pass protection or whatever. Right, right. So, I – Man, it's it's pretty tough. The I guess the silver lining is that Penny, I think, was on a one-year deal, right? Yes, and did not make the money that people thought he was going to make. Got got people thought he was going to get, you know, similar to what like James Conner made or whatever. And it it looked like basically no one wanted him, essentially. Right. So that's that's obviously uh, a little bit bullish for Walker. And now because... and now looks less like Seattle wants him, spending the second round pick on sure. On, which is what that's the bull case it's just and maybe if you told me you wanted to take him over picket i would get it but i, I want to take him over picket yeah i i can't take this running back who i don't think is that good don't think he'll ever play in the passing game over alave or sky Moore. i just i just simply i can't and maybe maybe I'll change my rankings because I'll get browbeat by the consensus so much, and that'll make me want to change it. But I, if I'm on the clock, I'm taking these wide receivers. I I think I would take. I'm definitely taking him over Olave. I'm just not that into Olave. Olave was the Olave was the twelfth overall pick, and they traded like four picks to get up to him. Like the final, the final. If you go look up the final draft capital of what they use to get up to the 12th pick, it's like, uh, it's like the fucking Herschel Walker trade or whatever. Like they gave up, they gave up four picks in this year's draft and a 2024 second to get up to take Alave. Okay, but we just saw the Eagles uh, take Devontae Smith super high and then immediately go, yeah, this isn't good enough. Well, they fell. I I I will push back on that because I think the AJ Brown thing fell in their lap. All right, it maybe it did, but you and know, the, they're also the cost, they're paying the him a ton of money, and they they clearly, you know, I think it's fair to say after one year, they're like, even though he won the Heisman, he's not looking like he has the ceiling to be good, like a yeah. superstar wide receiver, which is like exactly the issue with these senior wide receivers. It's not that they're going to be bad players, but like, guess what? Every wide receiver selected uh, over the last three days isn't very good. None of them. They all need to get better. Like they yeah, all need to get a, good, a lot better. That's a really better. good point. So who's going to get a lot better over the next, you know, 18 months? It's probably the guys who who declared early, who the NFL at the first opportunity to draft them were like, we want you. We really want you. And the guys who, you know, a year before that were told, yeah, we're interested. And then they go back to school. That's that's the dudes who might not have the. I mean, just we have a lot of examples of this that they just don't tend to have the same ceiling. So, I don't think Olave is going to be bad. I think he's going to be just fine. I've compared him to like Emmanuel Sanders. I think he could have that that type of career, which would be like a pretty nice hit. Pretty pretty you know, good career. Purposes. Yeah, yeah, pretty good career. But you know, it's a it's a tough spot for him. I think a little bit on the Saints, where they're going to be, I think, somewhat run heavy. Probably not as bad as last year. They just signed uh, uh, Tyron Matthews, so you know I think Deep likely they'll be really good again. They'll have a great defense again. They're going to try to win with a conservative offense and a great defense. Uh, I I don't. I mean, you want to talk about like the dynasty value? I don't see Olave like climbing up boards the, after the year. So 
I think I think maybe what's happening a little bit too with me is like Alave was seeming like a guy who was maybe going to fall into the Chiefs, Cowboys, Bills, Steelers range of the draft, and that ended up not happening. Uh, and obviously those would have all been – like the Saints is not a good landing spot. It's really not. Unless for whatever reason they decide to let Jameis, you know, throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, which seems very <laughs> unlikely. The best part about Jameis is like, if the team decided they wanted him to do that, he would he, do he, it. He would do it. Yep. He'd be like, <laughs> there would be a lot of interceptions along the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it is true. And I, 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe they do open it up a little bit more. They, they will have Michael Thomas this year. Um, I think they open up more, but they were super run heavy last year. Yeah. They were like, you know, in that, in that like bottom tier with the, the 49ers and the Titans and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, so how aggressive can we get with, uh, with sky? I think, I think the most aggressive, I think I am now at peak aggressiveness after we talked and I just moved him, him ahead of Kenneth Walker. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to have to go like, look at ADP and potentially you're like, you're like hyping me up. I mean, Kenneth Walker, like, Kenneth Walker, I think is going to have an ADP of 1.3 or 1.4. No, right now it's 102. I mean, that is fucking indefensible. I, I, I think so too. Yeah. That, I, that I do. Absurd. I think it's indefensible. That is literally in defense. Like to take to take a second round running back over a wide receiver who went eighth overall is insane. It's crazy, yeah. Or tenth overall, right? I mean, Garrett yeah. Wilson. Garrett Wilson is going to get overlooked in this class, and it's he ridiculous. really is. Yeah, he really. I he's mean, I, such I've, a good I've already prospect. been doing. I did a couple of BBMs this morning, and he's he's going in like the tenth round or whatever. That is that is that is ridiculous. That's yeah. ridiculous. I, I believe he's going after Jamison Williams, who is not going to play for the first six weeks of the season. That I'm, I'm literally going to, I was on news this morning, so I have not done any BBMs that will change as soon as we end this podcast. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, it, it is really interesting though. So like literally the tier break is after round one for, for which I think everyone will view it this way. So it goes in, in whatever order you have it, it goes, Pickett, Alave, Sky, Kenneth Walker, Pickens, Dotson, Watson. You can you can quibble on those. Move Walker up. Mm. Move Pickens down. Move Dotson up. Whatever you want to do. I'm kind the, of uh, I'm a little outside of that. We'll go. I'll go through what do I. Do you have, have Do you have James Cook as a first rounder? No. Okay. No, so I my, have him at two o three. I have him at two o two. My my second round is Malik Willis, James Cook, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Wandale. McBride, Isaiah Spiller, David Bell, David Bell, John Mechie, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Alec Pierce. Um, so I was talking to Timu, uh, one of the one of the, our ship chasing buddies, and he was pointing out that Zach Ertz, you know, the new contract, he makes a lot of money it. the next two years. The next two years, they like can't cut him. They can't cut him after the year. So I, I ended up bumping McBride down quite a bit. I have him at, at the 301 now. Yeah, which I think so. It's kind of one of those differences between drafting and having guys on your team. McBride is just like a guy, like this is a profile of a guy that I like to take a lot, which is just kind of like mildly athletic tight end who's going to play out of the slot and just like catch a lot of seven yard passes in the NFL. Same, same logic for why I have Cole Komet on a bunch of my teams. Same logic yeah, yeah. for why I have uh, Pat Fryermuth on a bunch of my teams and yep. the, the difference and why I have him ranked so high is this is a shitty class. This is a shitty class of guys in the second round. I, I am not excited about, about I'm really not excited about cook. Uh, 
not really that excited about Willis. Like I, I was obviously really excited about Willis. I think it's a decent landing spot, but I think best case we're seeing him play next year. And I think more likely probably two years before we see Malik Willis as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then it's like James Cook is 190 pound satellite back. Can you really get jazzed about Cook? I really can't. I look, I love Wandale, but he's 170 pounds. Going to be hard to make that work in the NFL. Isaiah Spiller, how many day two running backs have we seen the Chargers draft the last four years? They keep trying to make it work. Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson. Yeah, day three. I mean, he didn't even get the yeah, day, day Yeah, day three. And then it's like David Bell, John Mechie. I mean, maybe, but probably David not. David Bell is – I'm into David Bell, man. It's a it's a good spot for him if he can play. The the one of the one of the things that's interesting about it though is is I saw it reported that Landry might return to the Browns anyway. That that he, you know hmm. so he fired because he says he wants twenty million dollars a year. Fires his agent because he doesn't get it. Obviously he hasn't been signed. The Chiefs want him less now. I think the Bills probably want him less now. Uh, yeah. So I I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing less and is. John Mechie going to be better than Donovan Peoples-Jones? I would say no, but the market is probably going to say he will be. You mean David Bell? Yeah, what I, yeah, Mechie, sorry. Yeah, David David Bell. I think David Bell could be like quite a bit better than Donovan Peoples-Jones for fantasy because he's playing, he's playing in the slot, right? I mean, yeah. he's a big slot. So won't they, won't they want to play Amari there though? I was assuming Amari is your Z. I feel like I feel like Amari is now at that stage of his career where it's time for him to move inside. He's 28 now. Yeah, I mean, maybe but, that's wrong. Maybe it's wrong. And he's played the Z, I think, most of his career. They moved him um, around a little bit in Dallas, but yeah, you're right. But it's like they the they lost their primary slot wide receiver in Jarvis Landry, and so it would make sense to have the guy they're paying the most money because Jarvis Landry has been the most. And who knows what their offense looks like now with like a new quarterback and everything. Like maybe it'll be totally different and the slot wide receiver position won't be their most important position, but it has been the most important position in their offense for as long as Tavansky has been the coach. Yeah. But I wonder how, how much of that's related to Baker, Baker. you know, cause like Odell yeah. literally was like, get me out of here, you yeah. know, he'd be in the downfield guy there. So I don't know. And you do see like, they're drafting Donovan Peoples-Jones. They're they're having him run deep routes. You know, uh, they brought in Anthony Swartz for some more speed. So they seem interested in a downfield element to the passing game. They obviously traded everything to get Deshaun Watson in there. So I, I would imagine if you've got Cooper, who can be more of a downfield guy, you would use him that way. And then David Bell is like, he profiles very similarly to to Landry. Profiles similarly to Keenan Allen. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's PPR, <laughs> you know, they, he's going to third round draft capital is pretty solid for a guy like this. The production's there. Yeah. Kind of higher than I great quarterback play. actually. Yeah. I was worried about him going day three. So for him to sneak into uh, the top 100 picks there, pick 99, I'm pretty into bell. I have, I have him at, uh, at 13th right now. I think I that's really like high, him. but I could, I could see moving him up. I could see moving him up ahead of Wandale and Matt Corral. Like I have him ahead of Christian Watson and Dotson. No way can you put him ahead of Watson, bro. 
why can't I put him ahead of Watson, a fifth year senior who didn't really do much and uh, was hyper efficient when he was 24 years old. But, but even was... when he was playing with Trey Lance, he, dude, he was Phoenix Sproles had like a higher yards per hour than this guy with, with Trey Lance, Jimmy Kapuros, one of those, I can't remember which two, which one of those two was right behind him and which Jimmy Kapuros, Phoenix Sproles. You can't stand out from these guys with Trey Lance, at quarterback. Come on. Because Watson, because it really, it's one of those things where it's the difference between the average and the median, like maybe, maybe Watson's uh, average career is worse, but like, if he can play, he is the perfect, like the, this is something we talked about before the draft, you know, the Packers are big on threshold drafting and Watson was like the perfect Packers threshold guy. They traded up to get him. And if he can play, he has no competition. And I don't know if Christian Watson can play. It's not like I'm going to go grind the tape and be like, he can do this. He can't do this. But if he can play and Rodgers decides to not exile him, his target competition is Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, who was like the worst player in the NFL last year. No, you, don't, you, you didn't even need to mention him. Um, and, and one year, $4 million on his fourth, fourth team or fifth team, Sammy Watkins. Alan Lazard. I mean, he's like, so that's who, that's who he's like competing for Alan Lazard's position. Yeah, I don't know how much they want to play be, those two together. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be MVS Watson, I think, yeah. to start, to yes. start. But like yeah. to my earlier point, you know, all of these guys need to evolve and get better. And he could start as MVS and then maybe he morphs into Jordy Nelson, you know? So I, there could be a lot more to him. I just, I don't know. I struggle to see like how much more there is to Christian Watson, but th- so this is the I thing mean, where he, it's like, I don't also, need to have David Bell ranked ahead of him. Maybe because if the cause ADP gap is yeah. going to be crazy different. Well, I don't know, if but if it's be. not crazy different, I want Bell. But like, okay. How much is your attitude changed? If the Packers trade up to 32 to get him instead of 34 and you say the Packers drafted Christian Watson first round. It does change a little bit, which maybe doesn't it, which is like, yeah. we really shouldn't because the fifth year option doesn't matter anymore or matters way less. Right. Right. Cause it's guaranteed. Yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> That's a good point. Maybe, uh, maybe the draft capital is like sneaky better than, than I would think. It's not even sneaky. It's way better than David Bell's. It's yeah. No, I just mean like sneaky better than, second round you know because it's almost the first round because like everyone has been saying oh you know the packers the packers they don't uh they don't they've never drafted a first round skill position player for aaron Rodgers other than jordan love but like he was two picks away from being a first round pick it's say like and and you know the road of his guys has shown there's not really that big of a difference between like going at 28 and going at 35 for fantasy predictiveness it's kind of like a sliding scale right there's also not that much of a difference like the third round it's really like when you see things drop off a cliff, it's, it's the day three it's guys. day three. Yeah. Yeah. So for Bell to go in as a third round guy, I mean, I was hoping the whole time, like since his combine, uh, I was just like, just give me that third round pick and I'm going to be in on Bell. So this is, I mean, not only do we get the third round pick, but we get elite quarterback play for, you know, most of his career, most of his early career. Um, obviously maybe not so much this year, but I mean, that's, that's a big deal too. So people, people seem to really be wanting James Cook to be a thing. And I, I don't, I don't see it that much, to be honest. I, I kind of like him, but I don't think, 
I mean, I guess I have him ranked a little lower than you do, so I can't really make it's, it. It's just, it seems like he's just okay. He's not a guy I'm like fist pumping the draft. Maybe a guy, honestly, I like a little bit more in redraft actually than in, in dynasty where I think he'll be a pretty good and useful contributor, but maybe I, I don't know. It's like running back in dynasty is so weird. Cause you always need the points, but then you're always like, these guys are so close to being in the next spring football league, whatever it might be, you know? It's like this guy, this yeah. guy is going to be gone so fast. Well, the thing with Cook <clears throat> that I do like is that, you know, they, they have Devin Singletary and he's an undersized guy. He's, we think he's going to be kind of maybe like a receiving back. Like when we, when we get a look at him as a rookie, the funny thing is he didn't really profile as a receiving back coming in, right. um, but he's, he's undersized, which is the point. And then he gets a hundred percent of snaps in a playoff game. So James Cook, you know, like if they decide not to have Singletary back, when's his, right. when's his contract up? Is it the end of this year? Yeah. If they, if they don't bring him back, we could have Cook just, you know, getting 80% plus snaps, which seems unlikely given the archetype of player that he is. Like we thought it was going to be kind of like a, a, a rotational receiving guy, third down back type, but he, he's got like enough size to where he probably could be a three down guy. If he, you know, it was on a team that philosophically likes to use that. And, and the Bills are like one of those teams. So that's true. I mean, There's he seems, upside, he seems I fine. I just am not like not rushing to take him and like, he's going to go in the first round of some of these leagues. And I just am not, uh, I can't, I'm not I can't, gonna, I'm I can't not get there. there. I so where wish you he at? wasn't so popular though. Cause I, I would right. like to have some. I, it's I think just, he's a, it's a function of a bad running back class, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what, so what are you making of Malik Willis, Ritter, and Corral? I'm really tempted to just have Willis ahead of Pickett. I really am. Because it's like, give me, give me like Willis on the field, and he's immediately worth more than Pickett. Like as yeah. soon as he plays an NFL game, after his first NFL game, he's going to be worth more than Kenny Pickett in Dynasty. Because Kenny Pickett's like, like the whole thing about these guys getting better, not going to happen much with Pickett. He's, he's the most Mitch Trubisky ass quarterback of all time, which is so funny that they're teammates. <laughs> I know it's perfect, but like, I the other thing, right. So I'm the guy who's argued for Zach Wilson. I'm the guy, uh, you know, I drafted Daniel Jones. I drafted Justin Herbert. Like I draft, I always draft that I've dra I drafted Zach Wilson. Like I drafted Zach Wilson ahead of guys who I probably wish I didn't at this point. I'm always drafting the quarterback that everyone else is like, this guy sucks. But I like to do that when they're top 10 picks or top five picks. Yeah. Not I don't know about rounders. this. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Pickett, the 20th pick. Oh yeah. If Pickett sucks this year, is that it? Like Zach Wilson sucked last year and they're like, fuck, we better get Brees Hall. We better get Garrett Wilson we better try to trade for Tyree kill. We better try to trade for Debo Samuel. Like they're trying to do anything they can to make, to salvage Zach Wilson. I don't know if that happens with the 20th overall pick, you know, you see teams, I yeah. mean, Justin Fields, like we're seeing, they're basically like, eh, not working. Let's move on. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm getting that same organizational commitment with Pickett, And that makes me nervous. And then I'm like, well, if I'm just taking now, I'm, I'm, am I just betting on talent? If I don't have the the franchise commitment, so then I just want to I want to take Willis. So 
well, I think you are. I think you are. I think I think what you're betting on is Pickett can do just enough to be Daniel Jones to to start four years, have right. his fifth have his fifth year option declined and like run a little bit. So the only way that that pays off then in, as a first round pick is you got to trade him after the year. Or or if you have a really good roster, you know you have Justin Jefferson and a couple good running sure. backs and, and, you know, Travis Kelsey or whatever, but you, you've never found a quarterback, you know, you've been starting the Derek Carr, uh, or maybe you took Trey Lance last year or whatever. You just have no, you just have no court. You just have not had good quarterback production and you just need a guy to average 18 and a half points per game and not get benched. I just traded a second round pick for Baker Mayfield in a super flex league. Why wouldn't like, you just do that? because baker will be worse than that probably baker will baker will probably be because baker doesn't run at all and Pickett, Pickett should get 300 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns probably if he starts 17 games maybe a little bit more i don't know that he's gonna as a rookie i mean maybe maybe as a second or third year player he's out producing baker but kenny pickett had his final season had five rushing touchdowns and 241 college rushing yards. So that probably, you know, with sacks and everything swings up to like, I don't know, 400 or something like that. The other thing is, is the Steelers actually have a great framework for him to walk into. I mean, he's throwing to they a bunch do, of, yeah. he's throwing to Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool and George Pickens, who I think is really good. And Pat Fryermuth, And he's got a good and Calvin Austin and Calvin Austin. And he's got a good receiving back and Najee Harris, like the, like the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger, like was fine last year. Basically, like Ben Ben couldn't move. Ben couldn't throw deep. He couldn't do anything, uh, skill wise. And he threw for thirty seven hundred yards and twenty two touchdowns. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, what about the line? Because the line is what? Be- it's a little bit better than it was to start last year. But it's not I, great. I can't. I think people say it's bad, but like, how could you even know? Like, literally, how could you know about the quality of their pass blocking given who they were pass blocking for? Yeah, that's fair. Pickett scrambles, which I like. You know, to the rushing, it's not just like design stuff. Like he he scrambles. Yeah. So even if even if he's under pressure, he should have with his legs. Just the the interesting thing about this class in general is I think most years you get there's like a very lockstep and you never see any surprises in the top 15 picks or whatever. It's just like, well, if I got the 112, I got this guy. And I don't think that like, for example, we are in uh, the the quarantine leagues we did. We did one auction and one startup with like, I think like eight of the same owners in both ones. And I bet the drafts like in the first round are different. Like I bet there yeah. there will be surprise picks in both of them, which I think is kind of interesting because rookie drafts normally don't happen that way. Yeah, there's usually like, and I actually do wonder though if like over the next four or five days we'll start to see a real consensus. See a real consensus form, even though I would argue that we probably shouldn't be a really strong consensus this year. No, you know, there's no. there's it's a pretty flat class in a lot of ways, um, and so I'm. I, you know, I'm getting the sense maybe my ranks are going to be like a little wacky, but I would uh, I would argue that's fine. You know, you you should have maybe wackier ranks this year than you you normally might. Um, like, I'm right, really so high on Rashad White. Like Rashad White's, you know, Rashad White or uh, Tyrion Davis Price. Oh, like I'd rather have Rashad White than James Cook. 
Wow. So you are, you are just in on the, the Buccaneers are going to stop wasting passing downs on, on Fournette. Well, Fournette's not, I mean, this is a team that's about to reset, right? Yes. Tom Brady, Very Tom Brady soon. came back. He wanted to go to the dolphins, but then they realized he, he was about, that was about to be a PR nightmare. So he comes back to the Buccaneers. This is his last year with the Bucs. They're going to have to figure something else out when Brady retires or goes to the Dolphins next year, whatever he does, Fournette's gone too. And you've got in Rashad White, a 214-pound receiving specialist who's athletic and just got drafted in the third round. Like, let's go. That's a guy I want to bet on every single time. He has an elite receiving profile. He has a, a yards per route run that's like, at the Christian McCaffrey level. Like you, you want to bet on Rashad white. And if he's not going to be expensive, like I would be, I don't think he I will would be. love give me a hundred percent exposure to Rashad white in these rookie drafts. Like every single one. I, I have him at the two eleven, running back six. Yeah. I'm, I have him at like the one twelve right now. I probably need to bump him down, but uh, <laughs> my, my, well, first I, have, run, I, I, have like, some, I, I just, I have some good news for you. I think you're going to be able to get him <laughs> in all the drafts you want him in. Yeah. Every single one every single i there's really I might, I might snake him from you in the in the auction league and then trade him to you for a higher price <laughs> just like wait a week and then be like all right yeah you gotta give i me actually this. i would be happy if you did that because like you know i don't need to be uh i don't need to be burning every single league i mean you guy, need but... to and this this is this is very inside baseball but in this league you just need to be stone trading like the 204 for just any pick next year because like if you don't, half your roster is going to be from the 2022 class that is not that good. <laughs> no one likes. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck with the back end of your roster of uh, Pierre Strong, Jelani Woods, Sam Howell, and Tyler Algier, and you're never going to want to cut them. Tyler Algier, I'm super in on as well. Not Tyler not Algier. Tyler Algier, I'm in on. So some of the guys I think I have ranked ahead of consensus right now, Jalen Turp. Jalen Tolbert, I have him as the 301. He will probably be my guy I take in every single rookie draft this year. Just feels like he nutted out. Like nutted, like day two draft yeah. capital, team that'll play him right away, team that's had success developing wide receivers from smaller schools, good quarterback. Yeah. Like it's just it's just all I have him 211 right him. now. I'm I'm in. Uh Khalil Shakir, I have ahead of consensus. Uh really good landing spot for him with the Bills. Um, where do you have him? I have Khalil Shakir at the 309 wide receiver 15. Nice. I'm at 30 312. 312. Okay. Um, Calvin Austin, I like. Uh, Jerome Ford, I thought that was sneaky because the Browns have a decision to make, I believe, June 1st on Kareem Hunt's contract. And hmm. they're not the type of team that's going to spend a draft pick on a running back unless they plan on using him. I don't think they want to cut Felton. So I do wonder if there's just a competition between Felton, Jerome Ford, and Dearness Johnson to be the second running back behind Hunt. Because I think if they pick up Hunt's option, he makes like a good amount of money. I want to say like $10 million or something like that. So I wonder if he is on a different team. And then just some classic... Johnson's awesome though. That's, that's my issue with Ford. Like Daniel sure. Johnson can, he's great. Uh, some of the guys I think I'm just going to be smashing in the fourth round. Um, probably, probably every team, Keontae Ingram, uh, because he is like a big body dude who was really productive uh, his, uh, his final year 
at uh, at Texas, and or uh, not not his final year, his year before, um, because they they have some insane running back who's probably going to be the one hundred and one this next year. But he is a he is a a, a bigger bodied guy, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, worked a little bit in the passing game. Actually, had eighty nine receptions in college, which we we like to see, but. The Cardinals don't really have a second running back right now. Like they've yep. never, they've never wanted to play, you know, Benjamin. And because Ingram is a bigger guy, I think if something were to happen to James Conner, he would step in ahead of, you know, Benjamin and uh, Jalen Naylor, who is not like a slam dunk or anything, but the Vikings are another team that doesn't really have a wide receiver three. It's like, you know, KJ Osborne is fine. And then it's like Amir Smith, Marset and, uh, forget his name there's another guy there's another guy they play but uh and then tyler tyler Beatty to the ravens i thought that was like a great landing spot for him because they're they're done with justice hill you know and he should make he should make the team and i mean we saw last year with like just any random dust bucket in baltimore can be good if they play him i like the Beatty one too uh i have him at 42 right now uh the other i'll tell one guy that jumps out to me on paper i don't really know anything about this dude but treston ebner uh who the bears took in the sixth converted, round converted linebacker he's kind of a receiving type dude and the, uh the guy the guy from baylor uh let me yes. see yeah yeah he went to baylor so he was uh he was a uh a fifth year guy but never really played until his final year and was in like a, was in like a timeshare, but he was like the, uh, the explosion back. Like he was like the passing down guy. 2.14 yards per route run. I mean, like that's, that's really good. Yeah. And he, yeah. uh, good breakaway numbers. He was elusive. Uh, he didn't see much work as you mentioned over the course of his career, but good, like good, really good, like per touch stuff per touch per route, all that stuff. He looks great in. Uh, so I don't know. We saw this with uh, with Tariq Cohen, you know, in, in Montgomery. They they've had him be uh, well running back. It's just like times. if you can if you if you can find a way onto the field and you're athletic, you can figure it out. You know. Yeah, they had Damian really Williams the there. Like maybe they were gonna. I mean, I know it's a different regime. By the way, is it a different Mike, regime? Is it a different way, regime? <laughs> very good question. By the way, Mike Davis getting cut. Damian Williams is going to be Mike Davis this upcoming season. Damien Damien Williams is going to Damien Williams is going to shit on all the bags of people who push Tyler Allegier's ADP all the way up in BBM three. He's going to be the one. Uh, Well, I'm going to be one of those guys, but I'm going to, I'm going to take some Damien Williams too. Yeah. Tyler Allegier's like a pretty solid prospect. I don't, I don't have the same level of hype for him as uh, Rashad white because I don't think he's as strong of a profile, but he's a fun, he's a fun profile to have immediate opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like it's uh, it, yeah. I uh, I just a general strategy note. I think this is a very good class to basically pretend like wide receivers don't exist after the third, like after the second round, and just take running backs because there are a lot of running backs here. I can talk myself into getting some playing time. You know, Pierre Strong for the Patriots. Yep. Tyrion Davis Price. Damian Harris is, for the a, 49ers. is a free agent after the year. Brian Brian Robinson for the Commanders. Yep. I mean, I could see yep. Brian Robinson. Uh playing right away right basically because they they have not really wanted to give antonio like antonio gibson has been the man for stretches but never for like more than two games in a row we don't know like what their offensive plan is because you know last the second half of last year they went super run heavy 
And I imagine that was partially because Taylor Heineke was not very good. Not very good. But Carson Wentz is also not very good. So they might just keep that plan intact. And maybe it's just going to be like they know they can't ride Antonio Gibson for like 30 carries a game. So they're going to have Brian Robinson coming in right away as like, you know, part of this super run heavy approach that they want to take to protect Carson Wentz. Like I could see that. Carson Wentz loves throwing to his tight ends too. Maybe they maybe they're yeah. doing a lot of like two tight end stuff. It's gonna be gross, but uh, I mean, what do we what do we make of Tyrion Davis Price though? Like I, I there's gotta be I a chance that this this is there's gotta be a chance this guy's just the new Elijah Mitchell, right? Yeah, maybe the new Jeff Wilson. I mean, the 49ers just have no allegiance to these guys year over year. None. I mean, Elijah Mitchell could be the third string running back for them. And I can't, you cannot pretend to be surprised if Trey, how, how about this? If Trey Sermon gets the first carry for the 49ers this year, how many people are going to be that surprised? Yeah. You shouldn't be that surprised. I think you should just treat the 49ers backfield. Like anyone who is on the active roster can possibly be a multi-week fantasy football starter. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair, but like because there's no consistency year over year, like you can't. Take I think at some high. point you can't take them high, and no one's ever really gonna trade. Like Elijah Mitchell was never no, I think no. Rightly, you the should market never, was like not ever that into him. You should never trade for them, but you should just be throwing darts at the guys they do take. Yeah, you should never, yeah. you should never, you know, trade a first round pick for Elijah Mitchell. Or I yeah. mean, and let like in season if you're going for a title, whatever, that's a different thing. But, um. Like it is, it, it is just one of those things where I want to take them. Uh, yeah, they zero... aren't like playing games the way Mike Shanahan would, but they're, but year over year that it's gonna, it's not gonna be what you think. What about Wilson. Samir White? I mean, fine. He's he's totally fine. If Josh Jacobs gets hurt, he probably plays a little bit. And Jacobs is a free agent after the year. But and like, they, are they you declined his option? Yeah, I'm. I think I, I have I... strong over White. Is that? you think i think that's gonna be pretty off consensus i i have strong over white as well uh it's just like it's a total i i I can't possibly tell you i know because the patriots have six running backs on their roster right now where is that tier break for you 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 mentioned you know not taking wide receivers who's the last wide receiver you want last wide receiver i want is mechie at the 209 well i so tolbert i will take when he's there but i think i'll be able to take tolbert with some mid third round picks where do you have Alec Pierce? I have Alec Pierce at the 212, but I don't really want him, if that makes sense. Like I have so he's him ranked, like below the line for you. I, I like I have him ranked there, but I think it's one of those yeah. things where like if he's on the clock, like I have Pierce ranked ahead of Tolbert, but I feel like if they're both there on the clock, I'm probably taking Tolbert. Yeah, that's interesting. I have I have Tolbert ahead. It's a weird, weird, ahead. weird fit for Alec Pierce who's like a burner down the field guy and like mm-hmm. Matt Ryan hasn't mm-hmm. made one of those guys good in like five years I agree yeah I, I struggle and, and, a little bit with the ceiling and also drawing dead to be like a target hog because he's playing with Michael Pittman exactly I think Pittman is kind of like a, a winner, a winner. Yeah. yeah I mean they, Jack Doyle retires they replace him with like a super raw like project tight end and Jelani Woods like Pittman Pittman could be like a sneaky like a sneaky guy to like maybe get like a like year one or year two to year three, like mega volume. Like he could see like 180 targets. Yeah, he could. I mean, the thing about uh, Alec Pierce is 
he's better off. Pittman is better off that they drafted Alec Pierce than if they had not drafted anyone. Alec Pierce is going to help stretch the he's defense. Gonna, yeah, he's going to give them a little bit of space. Because T.Y. Yeah. Hilton theoretically should have been that guy, but just couldn't stay on the field anymore. Right, and, and I think the Colts like want someone to do that. So if they didn't yeah. have Alec Pierce, it would sometimes be Michael Pittman, and that's not his strength. He's more like an intermediate like target hog type of guy. He's like a possession receiver. He's a, which is like sometimes a derogatory type of term, but that's not how I mean it. I mean, he's like, you know, he's, he's yeah, kind he of your number move, one guy intermediate. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's so. like DeAndre Hopkins is a possession wide receiver and no one uses that as a pejorative. Right. So I think, uh, yeah, Pitt, and I've never been a Pittman guy. So uh, this is like, you know, was the, uh, if, I, if I'm into him, it's probably a good sign. Was the funniest moment of the draft the, the Patriots taking Tyquan Thornton like 50 spots ahead of where he was expected to go? <laughs> I mean, no, no, it wasn't because the Bears took Vilas Jones. Oh, my God. Yes. I didn't even <laughs> rank him. I didn't even rank Vilas Jones. I, I didn't even I didn't even put his name in my spreadsheet. I'm going 50 deep on my rankings, which I'm still working on. But uh, currently he's number 50. And I'm like not just gonna finalize out. these until he's just out. Take yeah, out. I'm gonna find someone. I'm else taking. I'm taking. 50. I'm taking Kyron Williams ahead of him. Oh, dude, Kyron Williams, kind of a good spot for him to land. Kind of a good spot, and it's it's sort of the Wandale Robinson thing with me. Like he okay goes fifth round. That's that's not that great. But we kind but of thought he also, might get. He might be a UDFA. Yeah, it's not that bad. So like, I'm going to take, you know, I'm taking all, the, I'm taking strong. Let me say I have this, I have this list of running backs, strong, white, Tyrion Davis, Price, Brian Robinson, and then Kyron. Yeah. It's right just, it's just a point. Guys. It's just a point that Reeves made to me last week, which I never really thought about. And in fact, probably was thinking about it the opposite way, which is like, oh dude, you know, if I hit on the next Gabe Davis, I'm making so much money on this fourth round rookie pick, but really you should just be taking stabs at running backs. who are going to be out of the league in three years, but are going to give you some stats for the next 18 months. Like that's kind of the right way to use these third and fourth round rookie picks. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, Romeo dubs is, is like, he's just, tough. it's like, it's like, th that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, like last year, I'm just like Romeo dubs gets drafted. Great spot. Good skill set. blah, blah, blah. I'm taking him. And then I just end up cutting him three years later and I've never started him ever and he yep. just was dead weight on my roster whereas like i would rather instead of taking romeo dubs uh i would rather take zamir white or Tyrion davis price get a couple spot starts out of them and those turn those roster spots yeah that's where that the line to me is like tyquan thornton romeo dubs clear secure calvin austin like i don't think i'm gonna someone someone is always gonna like thornton more than me i have him i have him ranked below below consensus i just it's like he's buried the patriots can't draft wide receivers he wasn't very productive they trade the third round pick for Devonte. it's just like he's so buried and the t team doesn't throw enough anyway they don't throw a lot i don't know that mac jones is ever going to be connecting deep with anyone that right that, often. that that's that <laughs> is that is a big issue yes yeah, it's like what is what is he going to do maybe he yeah. gets the kendrick Bourne gadgety stuff but yeah, I, I think that's the right philosophy. Like, and, and even like these guys like Ebner, Keontae Ingram, like I, I'm considering moving them ahead of like the Thornton Dubs Shakir group. And I really like Shakir. I but fifth round draft capital is not what you want to see for any wide receiver. I mean, it's it's tough. You have to have an awesome profile to emerge from the fifth round. It really doesn't happen very often.
Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, let's see what I mean, Justin Ross, what are you going to take? Are you going to take some stabs on Justin Ross? I guess it kind of depends on when your rookie drafts are. Where do you think you'll end up having him? Cause I, I, I mean, you him. can't, you, he's a fourth round rookie pick. You can't, the guy hasn't played yeah. in two years. He had a spinal fusion surgery The the, the JJ had this tweet, which was so funny, which is just, you know, the chiefs wide receiver depth chart just looks like, you know, your two-year-old dynasty league. They got, Corey Coleman sifting around there. Josh Gordon is still on the roster. It's like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a Debbie league manager who like just peaced out like three years ago. They have 13 (laughs) wide receivers on our contract right now, which I think is so smart of them because they're like, we're going to put the, we're going to take these guys to camp. We're going to have them compete. Guys who play well are going to keep getting chances. And the guy, like if Corey Coleman plays well, He'll get to he'll get to week two at training camp. If Corey Coleman sucks, Cornell Powell is going to get to week two, and if Cornell Powell sucks, we're going to cut him too. Like I I think they're yep. doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, I, I just realized Justin Ross was not in my top fifty because uh, I had done this before he signed. So that's how I got Vilas Jones out. So I can publish these maybe this maybe tonight. There you go. Um, uh, I just I just had a, a take that I oh I did I did already take McCall Hardman in a best ball mania draft. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> He's so, he is free now. McCall Hardman is free. I've been waiting right. for this. It's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, 20th round McCall Hardman sounds, sounds fine. Uh, okay. Willis, I want to ask you a little bit more about, cause like he's going to get, a, he's going to get starts at some point. And when he does, like we're all, we're jamming him DFS. Let me, let me tell you It'd exactly awesome. how to handle the Malik Willis situation. You don't take him in your rookie draft. You wait six weeks. You wait for the Titans to start four and two. Tannehill's looking good. Traylon Burks has already had a hundred yard game. People literally forget Malik Willis exists. You go to the team that has him and you say, I'll give you a future second, a future third and Brian Robinson for him. And they just click accept because why not? And then you have Malik Willis. Well, hang on. If I'm giving up a future second and third, Why don't I just take him? I mean, I think his ADPs right now, like the, well, the I mean, one we'll, or something. Well, yeah, the two hundred one. So a future second is less valuable than the two hundred one this year because of when the points convey. Um, all right, all right. What I what I'm saying is that this is, I mean, other than other than the people who took him at the one hundred one uh, a week ago and have to be absolutely hating their lives. Which almost happened to me. I had the 101 in a league that drafted before. I had Malik Willis in the queue, and I just sent out. I sent out the 101 for CD Lamb. I sent out the 101 for AJ Brown and the 101 for Justin Jefferson. I just waited for someone to click accept, and the AJ Brown owner clicked accept. So it was almost me. So I'm not. I'm not saying that anyone who did. I would have if wrong. I had the 101 pre-draft. 100%. I would have taken him. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. Uh, you know, no shade to the people that got stuck with him, but uh, but you are stuck with him, and. Uh, the, 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 you know, we always talk about this. It's like, we, we want to use those first round picks as guys who are not going to decrease in value. And I feel so confident that as long as Tannehill doesn't sustain an injury, Malik Willis is going to lose value. He might lose value during that period, but that period could be fairly short, like short. Sure. but the Titans okay, so, are a good, the Titans are a good team though. They're like, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be like the Trey Lance situation. It's going to be very similar to the Trey Lance situation, except he wasn't the third overall pick. He was a third round pick. 
where the the okay, team was the team the was Trey so Lance, good and they had no incentive to start him. Right, but Trey Lance never lost value. And because I know that's Trey partly Lance, because it was a third pick. That that's but. why. If Trey Lance had been if if so if you if you go back in time and like for example, like even let's say this, let's say Mac Jones was the third pick and uh Jimmy Garoppolo had started the whole season and they make the NFC conference championship game because like, because Mac Jones is not as desirable. His, 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 like his stock goes down and like yes, Malik, yes. Will- Malik Willis is not going to be as desirable, not because of skill set, but because of where he was drafted. That was a very convoluted way to make the point. I, I see was what making. you're saying. I see what you're saying, but I like the, think- the underlying asset is less valuable for different reasons but the underlying asset is less valuable because he was a third round pick. That's 100% true. But the, the Trey Lance situation is, is still similar because he runs, he runs. And in the same way where like Lance gets on the field for a half. And then we literally had the, like he scored 20 points in a half Twitter week, you know, where everyone's like, my God, when he gets his shot, it's going to be unreal. You know, and then it's not quite as good in the full game that he got, but still people are super psyched about whenever, and it might not be this year. That's the crazy thing about Lance, right? Like there's a chance he's not a starter in 2022 and he's still super expensive. So I know that the third round pick is going to have people more skittish about Willis, but like, okay, let's say Tannehill has like a week 14 meltdown. We get, you know, the, the Titans, the Titans miss the playoffs and they like just, you know, maybe it's week 15 or whatever, week, week 16, 17, 18 of, of Malik Willis. I mean, it would, not, it would have to a be a second, third of Brian Robinson for that guy. It That's would have to be an extreme meltdown for them to put Malik Willis in. You think if they like, don't make the playoffs, they have a couple games left. Of I don't, I don't think it is the Carson Wentz. Like you fuck up so bad against Jacksonville. That's, that's we have basically what I'm describing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that one, I don't think that happens. And two, I think the Titans are a more like level-headed organization. Like the, the Colts have had a different starting quarterback every year for the last seven years. Like, I don't, I don't think it's the same thing. Well, Oh no, I meant the Eagles Carson Wentz situation where they're like, let's just see what we got. You know, because I think it's, le- I think that is level headed. That's like, actually, you, you know the what? Playoffs, you know what? The Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis situation is actually very similar now that I'm thinking about it. And like, I want, I, and I know that Jalen Hurts costs like the 301 or, you know, he was much cheaper than Willis is going to be. But I don't know that we're ever getting that Jalen Hurts situation again. You know, like a running quarterback who has some draft capital associated. Like, I, feels like the super flex leagues are are prioritizing the quarterbacks more. I mean, so, I think you can take him anywhere. I I actually probably will have him higher than you because it sounds like you have Christian Watson, or it sounds like you have Rashad White ahead of him, which is insane. Rashad White you, ahead of Christian Watson. Ahead of ahead. Well, that's insane. But ahead of Malik Willis. No, 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 no I don't. No. Okay. I have Malik Willis at the end of the first round, but like, uh, I want to have him ahead of Pickett. I probably won't, but I really want to. Because I'm like, what? Putting what, him, what are we putting doing? him ahead of putting him ahead of Pickett is insane. Also, 
All right, I probably will have to pick it ahead. Just it's, it's just fine. It it's fine just to it's fine. It's fine to like treat them that way in your play. Like make moves in your leagues to right. acquire them, but you don't want to rank them that way. That's like it's like taking a guy twenty spots ahead of ADP and underdog just because you think a guy's really good. Like it might like you you should balance what the market thinks no, with your opinions. But so the market is pretty. So I'm looking at this ADP. Uh, let me give. But but what you have to remember is everyone is recalculating their priors right now. Malik Willis being the 101 for the last month, and I think that like as the market makes sense of this a little bit, I think he ends up slipping. How, how where do you think he settles? Like the like the 202 203, I think seems about right. So Adika Adeko underscore FF has been posting some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he has. We should we should give that guy a shout out. Uh, those yeah, those been, charts are really good. They're really good. Uh, so he has Willis with an ADP of twelve point two, and he's available at the twelfth pick only sixty percent of the time. So like, I, I get what you're saying about the you know, and I think that's probably true to some extent that maybe he falls to a couple picks, um, but like. I don't know. I mean, you know, the quarantine auction, that type of thing, like where yeah. I, I'm building for the future, like, and I'm, I, the points don't matter to me. Like, is he, are there, are there like 10 guys I really like better than Malik Willis? I know I'm getting something from him. Like they're not spending a third round pick on him after what Tannehill did in the playoffs and never putting him on the field. And I, I do, do you disagree with me? Like it's about like what happens once Willis sees the field? Like, I guess it could be, it could be I an mean, outright disaster, but it seems like I don't. I don't think it'll be an outright disaster. But I, I was sobered a little bit um, talking to Charles on the underdog stream the other night, where he was like, "There's just some things this guy can't do now and might never be able to do." Like he, the, I think he said he had a high school senior's understanding of some games of pass, uh, some elements of passing, which is seems like a disaster, right? Yeah, that doesn't seem good. Like that seems like you can't. It seems like that's bad. Basically, seems like seems like you should be trying to avoid uh, having a high school senior's understanding of passing through the middle of the field. So it seems like the guy that we're probably the most off on in our ranks is Christian Watson. I have him at fourteen right now. Where do you have him? We're not that far off. I have him at twelve. Okay, so it's more about like. Oh no, I have him at eleven. I haven't met 11, 11 because okay. I have him ahead of Dotson, which I, I've uh, JJ and Reeves have already berated me for, but I don't care. Dotson went oh. to like Dotson went to this hor- like I think it's a horrible situation of a team that wants to run, can't be the number one wide receiver on his team. I I think Carson went stinks. Like I just I just I get like D- Josh Dotson vibes from him basically. I mean that's on honestly like a compliment. Josh Jackson had some size and, and had at least the the threat yeah. of scoring touchdowns. I have Dotson at seventeen right now. I I have him behind Matt Corral. I just I don't have any interest in Dotson really. Yeah, he's no, one hundred seventy pounds. Just, like what, what are, what's no, the upside? I have no interest. I no I I my my interest in him is zero. I will not have him in any league because someone else will draft him higher. Because you know some people just draft these like they're drafting the order they win in the NFL draft. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, what? So, where are you on Corral? I have him at at uh, sixteen. Uh, I have him. I think I have him at exactly. I think I have him at at seventeen. But I will probably take him because I think that his 
ADP will end up being lower than that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like him. I, I just like getting those quarterback assets because Matt Corral, if Matt Corral has like six decent games where he runs a little bit for Carolina, you can ship him for a late first or whatever. Yeah. We're, so Pickens, I, I keep, I probably need to move Pickens up slightly. Pickens, Pickens to went to, I, I think if Pickens, if you told me Pickens was going to be a second round pick and the Packers don't take him and the Chiefs don't take him, I think the Steelers taking him basically is the nut situation because they're so, I mean, is any team better at developing day two wide receivers than the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And it, it feels like every day two wide receiver they've ever taken has been a hit. And dude, he just like, it, I feel like he fits like the, the team ethos and everything so good. Like, you know, uh, so, uh, Tomlin is complaining about Chase Claypool, like being a diva and not wanting to run block right. and like play music at practice. And like Pickens is going to come in and like challenge Claypool to a fight and like throw <laughs> uh, TJ Watt to the ground, run blocking on the first day of OTAs. Like Pickens <laughs> is like the perfect stealer. Like he's going to be like such a fan favorite. Like I just, I, and you know, there were concerns about him being like a locker room guy or whatever and it feels like so it feels like a team that took him you'd want it to be like a good locker room situation which feels like i mean they've had the same head coach for 22 years or whatever however long it's been like i don't it just feels like he just kind of nutted out in terms of situation yeah yeah i I like that take he's a really good run blocker right so it's like all his highlights are him like throwing like future first round pick defensive linemen to the ground yeah (laughs) um all right. Yeah. All right. I have him nine now. Uh, yeah. So, so my top 12 right now and the Rashad white one, people are going to hate, but I don't care. I've got uh Traylon Burks, Brees Hall, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Sky Moore, Kenneth Walker, Chris Olave, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Rashad white. Well, you're going to change those last three in some direction. Just 0% chance those three guys end up in those. Either you're going to move them down or up three or four spots. You th- so, so I think you move okay. white. I think in you what move, way? You'll move white down, you'll move Willis down, and you'll move Pickett up. Ahead of who? You'll move Pickett ahead of like Alave and Sky. No, no, no. I will not move Pickett ahead of Sky. I can tell you that for a fact. Love Sky. <laughs> he will how not great! Go ahead of how Sky. great was it that Sky went to the freaking Chiefs, dude? Unbelievable. We manifested it. We literally it's manifested it. Yeah. Uh, what one Sky's other guy staying at six? I, maybe I might move Kenneth Walker ahead. I might move Kenneth Walker ahead. I can't. It's just the Kenneth Walker. The Kenneth Walker thing is the most obvious, like ticking time bomb. I don't know. Maybe I end up eating it and he runs for a thousand yards with Drew Locke and Noah Fant. So how, how depressing are the Seahawks going to be? It's bad. I mean, the other thing about Kenneth Walker is he's not that big. So like we've seen, we've seen a two down running back who didn't really have any pass catching chops get drafted in the second round and a little undersized got buried as a rookie. It happens. It can happen to the best of them. Happen to Ronald Jones could happen to Kenneth Walker. I mean, this is the type Jones. of situation, the type of situation where you could see Rashad Penny running away with the job. Like hundred percent. That wouldn't be surprising, right? He literally was not the, like, he was literally the best player in fantasy for six weeks. 
Like it would not be surprising at all. Yeah. So there you go. And the thing about the Seahawks is like, they do tend to just go with the guy that they're, that's they're playing liking. well. Yep. Yeah. So if Walker and you know, it, the size isn't like a, a decent concern, you know, like he, he's a two down guy. He's like a, the type of guy that you'd love to be at like 220, 225, you know, he's what, 211. It's not ideal. It's not like a major, major red flag, but um, with everything else in terms of the situation, I don't know. It's not like he's a slam dunk two down guy. Yeah. All right. Last guy who I thought was interesting, the Eagles taking Grant Calcaterra who was the former like number one overall, like high school prospect who went to Oklahoma, retired for concussions, then went back to play at SMU. Um, it just, I don't know, kind of thought that was interesting that they, that they took like a clear receiving non-blocking tight end, given how much they like to play two tight end stuff. And the fact that they were, they tried to convert a quarterback Tyree Jackson to tight end. They, they played Dick Rogers. Right and the jack stole from nebraska like they they've tried to have a bunch of guys at tight end too and it just hasn't really worked that's interesting there's there's a couple you need you need like really deep leagues to be taking stabs on tight ends i think in this class beyond dulcich and mcbride oh that was another thing i wanted to mention which is dulcich is just it's just an attempt by uh big brother to dissuade you from the fact that Albert uh that Alberto Kuibunum is scoring 10 right. touchdowns this year. This might be our biggest disagreement. I'm in on Dulcich. He's a you receiving can, tight end. You can get Dulcich, down the scene. You're gonna be wrong. <laughs> Where are you ranking him? What do you what do you have him at? I've got him in the fourth round. <laughs> Come on. Come on. They judge him in the third round. He's he's actually a good receiver. He was efficient. He was pretty productive. No. He's used downfield. Because, because Pat, you know this better than anyone else. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush at tight end. How many times did these tight ends just never do anything at the NFL? We've already seen Alberto get on the field and play fine. Like he's already done it. He's going to get the first crack at it. And well, Dulcich, but it's a new, it's a new coaching staff. It's a new quarterback. That's true. I, I true. wouldn't say Alberto's a bird in the hand. Alberto, they is a traded a, bro. They traded away the number ten overall pick from two years ago because yeah. Because they had Dulcich high on their board and they got Dulcich. Can you imagine? <laughs> They're like, we know we can get Greggy Dulcich. Oh, no. I think, I think this is like going to be an all time, like little by the dip spot here. Like, I, I bet, I bet if the person who owned Albert O in your league already, like, just like kind of had them, like, if it was like a paper and situation where it's like, they, you know, they got him cheap or whatever. Like if they, if it's not, if it's not like me, if it's not someone who like really likes him, I bet you could have him for nothing right now. And I think that's a really good bet. Like, I bet you could send like the 310 for Alberto right now. Hmm. I don't think you could send the 310 for him. I mean, I think if you said could, he was a well, if you could, like a month ago. So yeah, I think people are holding, holding strong, holding stronger than that. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, let's see if I had Alberto. I think I would take like the 206. I'd take the 206 for him, but that is that is a massive appreciation on where he was two months ago. Right. But also you couldn't have you could you, from where he was one month ago. Yeah. I mean, what what could you have what could you have realistically gotten for him the day after the Russell Wilson trade? I mean, maybe like the 112 or something. Shit. Should have sold him. 
should have should have shipped some trades <laughs> out. I was too busy. I was too busy gloating to uh to Dink and Leone and Amico that my horrible trade of the two thirds for Alberto ended up working out. Yeah, two thirds for Alberto still seems fine. But, I, uh, but keep in mind, I did this when he was the tight end two on like the worst passing team in the NFL. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. you got back to even. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's all about that dynasty is really just about playing long enough to get back to even. That's right? right. It's just it's a glorious waste of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Rookie ranks out on NBC Sports Edge win. I'm working on him now as I'm, you know, kind of going through, uh, you know, you're, you're telling me that I'm, I'm way off on Rashad White, but I think I might stay strong there. Uh, but Here, here's to, the thing. Here's the thing. I just have seen this happen with Keyshawn Vaughn and I don't want you to get Keyshawn he's Vaughn. He's such a better, he's such a better prospect. Than Is he, he, he put to the University of Nebraska Kearney. Is that his Juco school? Yeah, that was the, that yeah. was the first school he went to. You can't he was even, also, you can't even, he was also can't awesome even at, Arizona, at Arizona State and just got drafted in the third round. I mean, Sean Vaughn was awesome at Vanderbilt, bro. SEC, SEC. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Keyshawn Vaughn did not have this receiving profile. It's just, he, it's he just a total. It's just a total matter of do they move on? Do they have a planet quarterback? Do they draft? Like it's like they're, they're It just feels very rich for a guy who like might never start a game, but could could be good if he does play. And I guess they really, it'll just, if he beats out Keyshawn Vaughn, that seems pretty good, but I don't know if he will or not. Oh, I think he'll beat out Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, he's got a clear advantage in terms of the receiving skill set over Keyshawn Vaughn. So, and they just drafted him. Like I'll take this year's third round pick over the third round pick who immediately bombed and kind of has worked his way back into like a a pure backup role. Yeah. Uh, But I, so the thing with, with white to me is like, what's, you know, you, you mentioned like he went to Juco. Well, like, okay, but I'm ranking him. I'd have a guy who went to an FCS school and played five seasons and didn't really do anything till his final one. Like the opportunity cost feels a little bit lower than it normally would. You know what I mean? Like, yes. why, why yes. not just swing for the fences here? Sure. Why not just take the guy who like, you know, to me, he profiles probably pretty similarly to Kenyon Drake. Like he, he probably had that kind of career where like he flashes, he never really puts it together, but like, you know, as a third round pick, this is kind of the Camara profile. It's it's not sure. far off yeah. the Alvin Camara profile. Well, really is well, once we've once we've comped uh, University of Nebraska <laughs> Kearney's finest Rashad White to Alvin Kamara, it's I'm not of, saying he's gonna be Alvin Kamara, but I just want to make this bet, man. You Give me how, the ceiling you know bet. How, you know how every slow wide receiver is Devontae Adams now? Every yeah. running back who caught passes every, but wasn't dominant Kamara, for yeah. one reason or another is Alvin Kamara. It's like I mean he's probably he's probably Kenny Gainwell, but Kenny Gainwell <laughs> went to the in the fifth round. Sure. I'm getting I'm getting a two-round draft capital increase on that bet. And honest to God, I would just make Kenny Gainwell bets every single year if you let me. So so that's Same. a bias, but but that's Same. that's just what I what I want to do. All right, folks, let's get out of here. Karain's rookie rankings will be up on NBC Sports Edge, and we'll be back with more takes later in the week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.